Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and, and here she is. Hey you guys, before we get into this week's story, let me tell you a little bit about the Birth Collective. The Birth Collective is a group for parents who are expecting, parents who are on the journey towards conception, or just parents who've had babies recently, or four, five, six, eighteen years ago, basically for people who have little people around them, or who wish to have little people around them anyway. Um, this is just a group for us because the last year has been a little bit lonely, we've been a little bit isolated perhaps in our homes with our little ones and I know myself I've felt that way as well especially now with the kindergartens being close for quite a long time I'm home with my kids all the time and I miss the company of other adults who are going through the same thing so this was started by me and my friend Lucy who's a hypnobirthing teacher and you might have heard her uh, birth story on the pod a few episodes ago and the main focus of this group is to create a community just a tribe of parents who don't feel like they're in it alone so what we're doing these days is that we meet every two weeks at the moment on zoom we have a little facebook group where we can post things in and ask questions to each other and stuff but we just meet up and talk about how we're feeling and what's going on in our lives and and all these things there's no pressure and we're hoping that sometime soon we could maybe even meet outside for going for a little walk and introduce our little ones to each other and and all of that so if you're interested in that just go to Facebook and search for the birth collective and you'll find us right there I will also of course put the the link onto the show notes page for today's show all right you guys in today's episode we hear from Lorraine Lorraine will be sharing the birth stories of her two little ones Cohen and Esme and they were both born in the UK Lorraine used something called the gentle birth method which she really recommends people looking into for preparation for pregnancy birth and postpartum so we talk a little bit about that Lauren also shares with us a little bit of a tougher journey after giving birth to her son. She struggled with postpartum depression and as Cohen had reflux and it was um, not, not discovered until a little bit later and how she got help with that and dealt with being in postpartum and having a little bit of a tougher time there. And then we talk about getting pregnant with Esme and how her birth went a little bit differently and Lorraine shares that she had a little bit maybe a little bit more power over it they had a water birth and and she understood it a bit more the second time around so let's get into today's stories guys I hope you enjoy them as much as I enjoyed recording them with Lorraine thank you Lorraine Hi, Lorraine, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi, Lisa. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you for trusting me with your story today. You're welcome. (laughs) Would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family? 
Yeah, sure. So I'm Lorraine. I'm 42 now. Gosh. And um, my husband is Mark and we have two children, Cohen, um, my boy who is seven and Esme, our girl who is three years old. Um, yeah. And we live in the Midlands in Worcestershire in the UK. Um, yeah. And Mark and I have been together for uh well i think we're coming up for our 10 year anniversary this december but we've probably been together about 13 years so we also have a little fur baby a little cat as well that we got a couple of years ago yeah oh that's wonderful they're always part of the family aren't they <laughs> yeah <sure. laughs> oh great all right so let's start with your journey to becoming pregnant did you guys plan to have a baby and how did you find out that you were pregnant we did so we um we'd been married for uh probably about six months um when we were married we we traveled the world for a little bit so um when we came back to the uk back to london where we were living at the time we then started trying for a baby and um it took a little while and in the end we needed only a very little bit of intervention um i went to see a specialist and he kind of took a blood test and took the levels of my um, ovulation and said that because i was um 34 at the time um things were just slowing down for me a little bit so he gave me a, a course of um, some tablets to take um, and the first month I had to take them, I think it was the start of my next cycle. And the first month I took them, I, I was pregnant. So yeah, that was really great because I'd, I'd, I'd started to get to the stage where I was feeling a bit disheartened and was worrying that we might not be able to have them, which, um, would have been really disappointing. But, um, yeah, so we found out we were pregnant in, uh, the January, January, 2013, and I, I, th I think I first noticed because um, I used to play field hockey and when I went for training, um, I suddenly was unable to just do anything. It felt like my energy levels were just so low um, that I couldn't keep up with the training session that I went to. Um, and then um, we did a test and yeah, we're really happy to find out that we were pregnant. So yeah, it, it worked out to be quite, quite an easy process, I think, for us in the end, um, compared to some other people, how other people get on. Yeah, of course. So how was your pregnancy then? Did you did you know what kind of birth you were planning for? Or did you just sort of go with the flow of the, of the UK system? Or how was that? Um, my pregnancy was good like symptoms wise I didn't really have um, any nausea I had um, I had tiredness which is totally normal obviously um, but no yeah no nausea no sickness um, and it I found out quite early on in my pregnancy that a very good friend of mine was also pregnant um, and in the end, we, we ended up giving birth about a week apart from each other. And she introduced me to um, something that she had been told about by one of her friends called the gentle birth method. I don't know whether you might have heard of it. Um, 
It's, uh, it's by a, a doctor who was a midwife for years and years and years called Dr. Um, Gowrie Mother. Um, and she, I think, got tired of the fact that as a, as a doctor in obstetrics, she was often brought in um, at, the, at the last minute to kind of deal with things um, when things had gone bad or things had gone wrong, maybe with a labour. And so she put together this programme whereby you kind of prepare yourself physically and mentally for the birth um, with a whole different series of things. So kind of using hypnotherapy to guide yourself through the labour um, and uh, exercise, yoga and um, Pilates and things during the pregnancy and other alternative treatments as well. Um, and when my friend told me about it, I thought that's that sounds really nice. That sounds like the sort of birth I'd really like to have. Um, it's something quite natural. Um, so when I when I went to the hospital where um, we'd chosen to give birth because it was the nearest one to us, it was St George's Hospital in um, in Tooting, which is a southern suburb of London. Um, I chose the midwife-led unit that they have there. So they have the kind of the um, unit where it's it's much more like a hospital or they have the midwife unit where it's kind of the birthing pool and lots of kind of alternative arrangements like um, balls that you can bounce on and um, right. it's more it's a more kind of natural environment um, I didn't really think about home birth I just thought because in case anything were to happen I'd rather be in the hospital um, but be in the kind of midwife environment where they allow you to kind of go through it your own way rather than um, medicating you. Right, because um, in the UK there is the birthing centres are usually attached to the hospital, right? That's correct. Yeah, they're usually within the hospital themselves. Right, so if anything were to happen, you could like go, you could be transferred into the hospital pretty quickly. Exactly, so there's just that extra little bit of security there. I felt that, you know, for my first birth, I'd prefer just to have that there in case. And also, although I was going through, pardon me, although I was going through the um, the gentle birth method um, preparation and everything, all the way through the book and, and through um, some of the classes I went to as well. So we have something here in the UK called NCT, which is the, I think it's the National um, Child Care Trust. And you, as parents-to-be, you can go and meet other parents-to-be and have someone who kind of talks you through what you can expect from pregnancy, birth and beyond. And they were also saying, you know, you have to understand that you need to be flexible at the time of your birth. So although you might have a plan, that might have to go out the window and you might need to think about um, interventions or, you know, maybe taking medical steps that you hadn't previously wanted to um, so that was that was quite in my mind as well that although we had this plan of yes this this nice idea of this very gentle birth where um, I kind of don't really take any drugs um, and I just kind of work my way through the contractions and work through the labour um, I was still wary that it was my first birth. So, you know, the, the idea of just having the possibility of um, maybe having an intervention like gas and air or anything else was, was quite nice as well. Great. So 
how did your pregnancy go then was it you said it was pretty straightforward or yeah is there anything you'd like to share from it yeah I mean it was it was pretty straightforward um I think and this happened with both um both children I don't know why but around about seven or eight weeks I had some spotting and so I had a little panic and um went and had um an, a very early scan um but thankfully both times things were fine um but I did get to see this tiny little bean which was just so <laughs> wow that's that's the baby growing inside me but she, he was just absolutely tiny at the time um it was like a little blob and I think we've still got that picture somewhere I remember looking at it thinking what that's that's the baby right now oh my gosh um and then we obviously had the the 12 week scan and then it's so long ago now I can't even remember what the next next couple of scans are at which which weeks they are but it was lovely at the 12 week scan to see him forming like there were some hands and feet in the images that they took and it was lovely to hear the heartbeat as well um and then we did decide to find out what sex he was because um we felt that having a baby for the first time there's going to be enough surprise there right so let's at least know that we we've prepared for the right sex of baby um and can buy you know the things that we're going to need for him um yeah so we did find out that it was a boy and yeah we were very happy with that um mm. but yeah i mean in the main the the majority of the pregnancy was really good i actually quite enjoyed it in in some ways i think um it was nice um, to feel um, just to feel pregnant, to kind of feel my bump when it was growing and to kind of rub it and feel it was quite comforting. Um, mm. And also to be able to kind of, if I was sitting eating, just rest my plate there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There was a little shelf there. <laughs> um yeah and it was it's quite nice how people kind of treat you when you're pregnant like I mean the mm. one thing that I didn't really like was people who would just come up and like strangers would come up and try and touch my tummy that's weird that's like no please yeah please don't do that um yeah but it's it's nice how people are kind of um like on public transport and things people would give up their seats for me and and that was lovely um and I also did some pregnancy yoga every week and that just felt really blissful really I was in a room with lots of other mums to be and we were just you know really taking our time to relax ourselves and stretch ourselves and prepare ourselves for the labour I guess so yeah I really enjoyed that side of it it was probably only the last couple of months that things started to get quite uncomfortable it was mainly just through kind of um, um, heartburn so I don't know if you have something similar where you are um, but we have this thing called Gaviscon here which is like a liquid form and I was basically just like downing loads of that with every meal just to try and stop <laughs> the heartburn from happening um, yeah but yeah it was it was a really I was really really lucky with my pregnancy um, had no complaints at all so yeah I was really looking forward to the birth and looking forward to our little one coming along yeah so let's jump into the birth story then itself um when did it start and uh, when when or when did you know that it was beginning so to say it was it was really really weird um so I was due on the 11th of October and um my husband and I had gone to bed 
and um, I remember looking at the clock and saying and thinking oh it's midnight okay I'm just gonna go to sleep and then suddenly I felt a twinge <laughs> I was like this has got to be the most punctual baby ever <laughs> and I'm not the best most punctual person either so I thought this this can't be this is weird um, but the twinges carried on happening it wasn't sort of really big contractions or anything but it it was just there was definitely something going on there and then um in the early hours probably about three o'clock I went to the loo and um there was some blood there so I panicked um and I just I ran into Mark and said can you please call the um the unit and ask if we can go in and, and see what's happening so we did um I think it was about four in the morning we got there and they hooked me up to some monitors and things and I just kept trying to breathe very deeply and just keep calm um, and was trying some of the hypnobirthing techniques that I'd been learning um, and thankfully they said everything's absolutely fine it might have been the show um, where the sort of plug of um, mucus comes away um, but it, it like when it had happened because I've been reading about all of this it, it didn't appear to me to look like what a show what I was expecting a show to look like but um, anyway they said you're fine go on home um, you'll probably find that um, with a bit of rest your contractions will start to come back and I think because of that panic because of the fact that we'd gone to the hospital everything had just stopped again it was that that thing that I'd read about flight or flight my body had gone into um okay I'm, I'm just going to sort of shut everything mm. down for a little while while this is going on um because you're not in a kind of relaxed yeah. environment for the labor to progress um so we went back home and then um I kind of just slept for most of the day on and off um my husband stayed at home too and then in the evening time the, there were still sort of twinges going on there were still sort of pains and things so I couldn't really rest very easily, but there there weren't like full contractions. Um, and in the gentle birth method, when your labour is coming on, there is some reflexology that you can get your partner to do on your feet, where he just rubs the, I think it was the balls of your big toes, um, and it can help to um, bring the contractions on if they've slowed down. And so I asked him to do that about eight o'clock in the evening and it, it really worked within probably about an hour. I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is really happening now. Um, and we were we were still downstairs at the time. Um, I think we were still trying to kind of watch TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't really focus on that anymore. So um, I was I was asking him to kind of time the contractions and they were still quite far apart. And then. Um, I think we went upstairs so I could get more comfortable on the bed um, and he was still I was still kind of trying to say to him when they were starting and stopping and he was still measuring like the time um, in between each contraction and how long each one was to see whether it met with the guidelines that we'd been given by the midwives for when we should be calling to go in um, and then I think it was probably about two or three in the morning I suddenly said I yeah I really want to go in now um he had previously called I think about three hours earlier and they'd said no you know she's she's coming along that's great but I think you're still not quite ready to come in yet so give it a few more hours um and it got to the stage where 
everything you know I was kind of coping with contractions it wasn't it wasn't awful it wasn't amazing obviously but I could cope with it and then suddenly I couldn't suddenly I really felt like oh okay yeah this is I, I don't think I can cope with this anymore so I was very much thinking can we get to the hospital and can I have the drugs please first <laughs> 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 method thinking had gone out the window thinking wow this is actually really quite painful now I think I'd quite like some intervention with this um and my called and um they said okay and they were very calm and they said okay bring bring her in and we'll have a look at her if she's saying she really wants to come in but you know just be aware that you know it's likely that you will be going back home again and I just thought oh I'm not sure about that um and as we were waddling because we were on a on a second floor flat um as we were waddling down the stairs I had to stop twice for two more pretty strong contractions um and then when we actually got into the car I was kind of in quite a weird position I think rather than facing forward I was having to kind of sit with my bottom um the the way that you'd normally face in a car seat kind of hugging the back of the seat yeah <laughs> I'd gone to when the contractions were still coming um and then when we got to the hospital it's I don't know why it's designed like this but there you can't like park your car next to where you go into the maternity unit so he had to drop me at the little reception bit and then go off to park the car somewhere and come back. And that time that he was away, I was sitting, I think I was seriously thinking, I really think the baby's going to come. And I was just thinking, please don't come, mate. Please just stay put just until we're not far now, but please just stay where you are until we get up to the maternity unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, Mark turned up and um, we, we waddled along a little bit and then managed to find um somewhere with some wheelchairs so he popped me into a wheelchair um and then took me up to the midwife unit and again when we got there they were very calm they said okay come in and I was there huffing and puffing and kind of going oh it's it's really quite strong now and they were like okay well we'll examine you but you know just to let you know again with your first labor it is quite likely you'll be going home again and I just thought, oh, please don't send me home. <laughs> please don't send me home. <laughs> I really think this baby's coming right now. Please don't send me home. Um, so they put me into a room and then a midwife came in and she said, okay, well, um, she was asking me some questions and I was trying to answer them, but the contractions were coming quite thick and fast. Um, and in the end, she said, I'm going to examine you. And she examined me and she said, uh, oh, um, I can't feel your cervix. And I was like, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? She said, it means you're fully dilated. Um, I'm just oh, going to no. nip next door and I'm going to like, um, you wanted the pool, didn't you? I'm going to start filling up the birthing pool for you. And I was like, okay, well, you know, thankfully at least they're not sending me home. That's great. Um, so <laughs> the contractions are still coming. I was still managing to kind of breathe through them. Um, and then something really strange happened. And it, I really, this is like the part of my story that, really upsets me still is another Mm. midwife came in and without saying anything um without explaining why she just said I'm just going to examine you again and she examined me but really roughly um it was causing me more pain than the contractions were and I had no idea really why she was doing this and I think what she was doing was that she'd gone in to break my water because suddenly that happened after quite oh. a lot of pain and her like really, I mean, it felt like, you know, rummaging around in there, which you never want anybody to do. Um, yeah. It was really painful. And then my water broke. 
and she said sorry for that and then just walked out the room <laughs> I was like okay I don't I don't understand what that was all about okay but that's happened now fine and then the other yeah. midwife um who was called Callista who was really lovely and I remember her name because um Callista Flockhart was the woman who starred in Ali McBeal I don't know if you ever knew that yeah 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 mm -hmm. in the 90s but I loved Ali McBeal so I don't know why but the name Callista really stuck in my head um <laughs> she said the birthing pool's nearly ready come through to the room in the meantime you can kind of bounce on the ball or see if there's you know something else that you want to make yourself feel comfortable on but really all I really wanted at that point was to get into the water I just thought it's going to be so soothing and nice so um thankfully the pool was ready quite quickly so I got in and they were kind of just still monitoring the baby the heartbeat and everything and um I was still kind of working through my contractions and then at some point I felt very much like I really wanted to push and um I said this and they said no no you're not ready to push yet and again thinking about it in hindsight um and especially after my second birth, I don't understand why they said that because I, I knew that I was fully dilated. I knew that my waters had been broken against my will, but okay, that had happened. So why they were saying I shouldn't push, I didn't really understand, but okay, so it's my first pregnancy. I don't know what I'm doing, although my body seems to be telling me what I should be doing. So I should listen to them. So that's what I did. So I kind of held off from pushing. Um, and then very sadly, they sort of said, oh, baby's heartbeat is dropping and um, we're going to have to get you out of the pool now because we're going to have to monitor you more closely. And I was just like, I was so upset because I'd really had my heart set on having a pool birth. Um, and and I said that I just said, oh, no, I really I really don't want to get out of the pool. And she said, I'm really sorry, my dear, but there's you know, there is no choice. We really have to monitor you quite closely now because of the heart rate dropping. Um, so we got out of the pool, they helped me over to a bed and then they were trying to get me to lie down in the sort of standard labour position that you see everybody in, which is on your back, legs akimbo. But the thing is that all the way through the preparation that I'd done, a lot of what I'd read was that that's not, that's not the best position for you to give birth in. And it was the one that I, I really didn't want to be in because I, I just felt it, it might make it more difficult. Um, so I tried to sort of turn around at least to be kind of on all fours, but they wouldn't allow me to because they said it would affect the monitoring equipment. So in the end, I kind of ended up sort of half sort of on on my bottom, but kind of over to the side a little bit with my my, my legs open. And they must have thought, what's she doing? She's mad. But I just had it stuck in my head that, you know, I didn't want to be in that position to give birth. Um, yeah. And they were they were getting increasingly um, concerned, I think, about baby's heart rate dropping. So they were, you know, telling me to push, telling me to push. And I was trying really hard. Um, and I think his head kept kind of coming out and then going back in again um, until the point where someone said, you really need you really need to get him out. You really need to push this next time. And I felt like if I'd had any energy, I would have screamed like, what do you think I've been trying to do? <laughs> you think I haven't been trying? You think I've just been going, oh, I'll just give it a little push on now. I'll just, I'll just stop for a bit now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
a ridiculous thing to say but okay yeah, so, yeah. Um, my, my husband just said that my my whole body went purple <laughs> all of my tendons and everything were just sticking out and I just pushed with all my and out he came um and so that was like a massive relief it was like oh good he's out and it turned out that the cord had got caught around his neck so that's why his heartbeat was slowing and bless him when he came out he was just screaming and I just I always look back on that and I feel so I mean I know that they scream when they come out anyway but he just seemed so like inconsolable and it seemed like such a rude awakening for him to come into the world like that um and to have been struggling just trying to come out um but he was there that was great and so they they put him straight on to me um and yeah I just started trying to sort of stroking him calm him down and it's just suddenly there's this thing that's been living inside me outside me and now what do I do with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, oh hello hi and he had like a full head of hair and he mm. was screaming and screaming and screaming so it was quite and he had a he had a big set of lungs on him he still does he talks a lot um yeah and, and so it was quite kind of overwhelming and everything else that had happened as well it was kind of the just kind of digest to myself how the birth had gone and now he's here and now you know we can we can be a family um so yeah it was he was just sort of put straight onto me and I kind of brought him up and was trying to get him to latch on a little bit and just calm him down a little bit. And um, my husband was just so, um, so good. He'd been so calm throughout the whole thing. He said later on that he had been worried a bit at the point where they brought me out of the pool, but he'd, um, yeah, he got some pictures of, of Cohen when he first came out. So we've got pictures of him sort of within minutes of him coming out. And then when they took him over to just give him a check over and everything, um, and there he was it was just so amazing to have him there now um having carried him for all of those months it was wonderful yeah yeah so how how was postpartum then for you did you stay did you did you give birth in the in the birthing center or in the hospital in the end i didn't it was in the it's in the birthing center which is in which is part of the hospital um right right okay okay so postpartum um I lost a lot of blood. Something happened after he came out. They tried to pal palpate my stomach um, for the placenta um, and it didn't work straight away. So I lost quite a lot of blood then and then I did birth the placenta. Um, but because I'd lost quite a bit of blood, they wanted to keep me in because normally I think in, in the UK, the hospitals, if it's been, you know, a pretty easy birth, um, once they're sort of happy that you're like you've got you you've got the kind of latching technique going on if you're going to breastfeed um and you're all well then they send you home um as soon as possible um but because of that loss of blood he was born at 7 27 in the morning and I stayed in until the following day so I had a whole day in the hospital um and then overnight as well and then the following day I think it was early afternoon that I eventually went home but um yeah it was it was nice to kind of have that time in the hospital um with a bit of peace and quiet um and with the midwives there to try and help me with the latching on um and he once he'd calmed down 
was just so quiet and just so cute and lovely in his little bassinet mm-hmm. um my husband so they moved me into a ward for my stay in the hospital my husband came with me for a while and then he was exhausted too so he went off to get some sleep um and I slept but it was it was kind of weird I was tired but I didn't really want to sleep because I just kept looking over at little little booby and he was sleeping for the majority of the time but um there was something amazing that happened overnight I think a couple of times I sort of woke up and thought I'm going to go and see if he wants a feed and I went over and he was he was sort of his eyes were open and it looked like he was ready for the feed so I I really felt in tune with him at that point it was lovely um Mm. and I brought him into bed with me and was managing to get him to latch on okay um I remember one of the midwives came in and she said oh brilliant I was coming to see if he needed a hand but yeah you're sorted so that's good um oh that's nice yeah so that was really good and then the following day my husband came and picked us up and um yeah it was strange sort of dressing him for the first time because you know I've never dressed a baby before really Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'd dressed dressed my baby dolls or things when I was younger but um yeah I didn't have any sort of young babies in our family when I was growing up so I I really didn't have that sort of practice so that was kind of it's all learning all these new things all of a sudden isn't it um Mm -hmm. and then popped him into the car seat we went out to the car and then we went home and we kind of put the car seat on the coffee table he was still asleep and we sat down and we're like now what do we do like do we leave him in the car seat or and we thought well we'll leave him there um until he wakes up and then you know we'll see if he wants to go into his into his bassinet or whatever else um and then when he woke up he just cried and cried and cried for weeks and months he um yeah he was a very kind of colicky baby um Mm. eventually he was diagnosed with um reflux which Mm -hmm. is when they have acid coming up from their stomachs up into their esophagus and sometimes up into their throat which can cause them pain um and although I wanted to breastfeed um it didn't end up working very well for us the stress of his crying and me feeling unable to soothe him and feeling like Mm. I wasn't doing anything right meant that I wasn't really producing enough milk so um we did end up giving him formula as well um so it was quite tough actually postpartum once we once we came home um I just remember feeling like I never I never had enough milk to give him um and like he was constantly hungry but when we tried to give him bottles he would reject them so it was it was very difficult he didn't sleep very well um he wouldn't go into his bassinet at all he hated it he hated prams so all that stuff that people say about well just sleep when baby sleeps well he would sleep was if I put him in a sling and walked around for hours um so I was not getting really very much sleep at all my husband was fab he would you know as soon as he came home he'd take over the difficulty was that we were really struggling to get Cohen to take the bottle so even if I could go and have a nap when it came to feeding time it needed to fall to me again so um 
after about three months, I think it, I think it was at the, I think it's a 12 week check that you have with your baby at the doctors. Mm. And I was, I just burst into floods of tears and they, they diagnosed me with postnatal depression. Um, and finally got Cohen, um, to be referred to an, um, oh, pediatrician, um, so that they could find out what was happening with these pains and this, because the screaming and the crying would happen whenever we lay him down to change his nappy, he would scream and it, it looked like it wasn't like normal kind of baby screaming. He looked to be in so much pain to the point where in the early days we, we thought, is there something really wrong with his back or something? But it wasn't, it was that every time he lay down, the fluid would come up and it would kind of burn his esophagus and his throat. But because he wasn't really positing, we never really saw it. So that's why it wasn't diagnosed as reflux for so long. Um, so that's one thing that it was great to finally understand so that we could start trying to help him. Um, mm. And I, in the meantime, was then also referred to um, places to help with the postnatal depression as well. Um, and then we did also. Um, ask a um, midwife uh, a, pri a private sort of uh, nurse to come in and help us uh, establish a sleeping routine and a feeding routine with him and, and to get him to take the bottle after about three or four months because um, I was on my knees by then I was so tired um, yeah. and she did she did help us to get him into uh, a routine um, it, I feel bad thinking about it now because we didn't know any better and she'd been recommended to us but the way that she did things was she let him cry out to go to sleep and mm. it was so heartbreaking and in the end it didn't it didn't work perfectly anyway I mean the crying out was literally okay this is his nap time we go and put him down we make sure the room's dark we make sure that he's not hungry and then there's no reason why he shouldn't sleep so we're going downstairs now and then we would sit downstairs and listen to him screaming for 45 minutes until the end of his lap time. And then she said, OK, we're going to go up and get him up now. And now it's next play time and then feed time. And then and yeah, that was really difficult. Um, yeah. But I went with it because I kind of felt, well, she's an expert. So let's do that. We did things differently with my second. But um, uh, that's a different story anyway. But um, yeah, so um it did it did help but I think if I were to do sort of sleep training again or when I did sleep training again I would I would do it in a different way but the I remember the first night that he did sleep through though it was so amazing I just woke up feeling like a new woman um and of course yeah. my breasts were ready to burst as well <laughs> because they were so used to making it through the night and feeding and suddenly they're absolutely full um so yeah it, it, it was a bit difficult postpartum well a bit difficult it was very difficult postpartum I I really struggled with it and I, I'd say I wouldn't I didn't really start getting over the postnatal depression until about six months um, after he was born and there were mm. some quite sort of dark and difficult days in there but um, yeah it's weird isn't it it's kind of when I look back at it now I can't really feel the pain that I felt at the time I just feel the joy of him even though there were, there were times when I was so frustrated and finding it so difficult with him, there was, yeah. there was still him there. And yeah, I think in amongst it all, we did still manage to bond, which was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you, so you feel like you 
got the support that you needed to to manage the postnatal depression or did you just sort of work with it yourself or I did get good support so the doctors were great um they medicated me so they put me on a um antidepressant because um they felt that before I could start sort of talking therapies or um, anything like that that I needed my mood to be lifted I needed to be able to survive on a day-to-day basis um Mm. so that took a few weeks to kind of kick in but it did help there was obviously in my mind the kind of um the thought of but I'm breastfeeding what if this then goes into him um everything has risks associated with it right when when you're breastfeeding a baby if you're like taking medication or whatever um but in the end I kind of weighed it up and thought well if I'm if I'm not happy and in a place to look after him then that's worse than potentially things going through to him in in um my breast milk so I went with that and then they did also refer me to a community centre which I went to anyway it's where we would go each week for the baby to get weighed and um they had a mother and baby group there for mums who were struggling a little bit um so there were eight or I think there were eight of us with our babies who are all a similar age and we would meet with a couple of health visitors once a week for I can't remember how many weeks I think it was six or eight weeks and we'd kind of just talk through how things were with us what we were struggling with what we needed more support with Um, and it was lovely that we had that support from the health visitors but the other great thing that came out of it was that we all became great friends and supported each other then through um, the first years um, with the babies which was lovely Um, and then I was also um, referred through to the uh, perinatal team at not the hospital that I'd given birth at but at another local hospital Um, and I I then saw a um, psychotherapist there for I think it was probably about a year and a half, um, maybe two years, um, every, every four weeks or so, just to kind of discuss any deeper matters that might have fed into me getting postnatal depression. Um, Mm. so I, I did get quite a lot of support there. It was really good. Um, and what I also found was kind of talking about it really helped with friends. I think there, there can still be in, particularly then it was you know kind of seven years ago a stigma around depression mental health issues but Mm. particularly postnatal depression because it's supposed to be the happiest time isn't it you're supposed to be full of joy and happiness because you're a mother and you know you've got your beautiful baby and that's that's not how it was for me um but Mm. and so I felt a bit guilty for that I guess I felt a bit guilty about that but I think in talking about it with friends and family um and getting their support as well it really really helped yeah um so how did you know that you wanted to have another baby so we weren't um we weren't sure for quite a long time I think because of the experience we'd had because I found it so difficult um and but before we'd had our first we'd always talked about wanting quite a few maybe kind of four um but we left it quite a while after after we had Cohen um, to think about whether we were going to have another one. And I think what swayed it in the end was that we didn't want him to be an only child. Um, and, and I was still a bit broody. I did still want another baby. Um, 
so yeah we we decided um about three years later maybe two and a half years later to start trying again so um, when we started trying we again there were kind of a few months um delay and um i think i mentioned earlier that when i was pregnant with um cohen i also found out at the same time that a friend of mine a good friend of mine was pregnant too um and she when she had decided to have when they had decided to have their second they'd literally like had sex and boom they were pregnant it's <laughs> like mm-hmm. why does this never happen for us but like everybody's <laughs> different right so yeah. um so in the end i didn't i didn't think we needed to see a consultant or anything but i think we needed to just get a bit more scientific about it so we were doing the things like getting the ovulation um sticks and checking for when i was actually pardon me ovulating um and then making sure that we were timing it correctly around that. So um, we did then get pregnant in 2016. Um, so it was towards the end of the year, around kind of October, October time, I think. Um, yeah, and we were really happy, really happy that we were going to have a, another little one to be coming along to join Cohen. Um, and I was working at the time I'd gone back to uh, the job that I'd had um, when I had Cohen I'd had maternity leave and gone back there and um, but after a couple of months I was actually made redundant so um, it kind of suited me in a way I kind of I I was kind of thinking it would be quite nice to have a a bit of a rest period um, with this baby because Cohen was um, very full on at the time anyway he was three years old he was going to nursery three days a week um but i kind of felt like it would be good for me to just have some r and r um with this pregnancy and i'd I'd had a pretty good um redundancy payout because i'd been with the company for quite a while so we decided to do that so i was um yeah able to relax quite a lot for the um second pregnancy and um apart from when my little boy was at home and things got more and more difficult as I got bigger and bigger because he was very keen on me getting down on the floor and building train tracks with him of course, <laughs> which wasn't, yeah. so, wasn't so easy when I was kind of really big yeah. um, but this pregnancy was different it was more difficult I was very very nauseous early on um, and to the point where there were times when I really didn't feel like eating but it was it was that awful nausea as well where I was never actually sick you know sometimes when you feel sick and you think I'm going to be sick and then I'll feel better but I I could never really usually be sick it would just constantly be there um so I remember drinking a lot of ginger tea and eating a lot of ginger biscuits and ginger everything thinking that ginger was the way forward to try and help with (laughs) nausea but nothing really to help um and then thankfully after about three or four months that seems to ease off quite well um and then after that it was it was a pretty good pregnancy again apart from just the exhaustion I think of um having my three-year-old running around and he's so full of energy and he's so full of questions and um mm-hmm. so that could be quite tiring at times um but yeah it was a good pregnancy again um and she was due in july so we found out again um what sex she was at the whichever scan it is where they tell you um and again it was lovely to see you know those scans those photos of the little baby inside you 
Um, again, I'd had, I think I mentioned um, it was both pregnancies. For some reason, I had a little bit of spotting in the beginning. And so I had to go and just have an early scan. But again, everything was fine, thankfully. So that was really good. Um, and yeah, we were just looking forward to having a, a new little one to come and join our family. Yeah. And did you know what kind of birth you were planning with her? Was it, did you plan something different or did you want something similar? I wanted something similar. We, we did toy with the idea of um, a home birth, but we were in quite a small flat and I don't think we would have actually fitted the, the birthing pool in there. So we went with, we'd, we'd moved house since we'd had Cohen. So we were going to a different hospital this time anyway. So um, we went with the birthing unit again that was attached to the hospital. Um, and so, yeah, I was going quite regularly for my um, midwife appointments. Um, I was quite wary of, you know, what's going to happen postpartum. Am I going to suffer with depression again? So mm. I was talking about that with the midwives and with my doctors as well. And actually all the way through, the doctors had been really fab. So the first time with the postnatal depression, my GP surgery, as well as the other um, things that I'd been referred to, my GP was fantastic. Um, he'd see me every few weeks he wouldn't allow me to have like a repeat prescription of my antidepressants he wanted to kind of very closely monitor me um, so I was a bit worried when we moved house because I had to move from that GP surgery but thankfully I landed at another GP surgery where they were very very good again um, mm. and understood my concerns about you know um, would I get postnatal depression again so we got a plan in place for that with the health visitors um, so that if anything were to start happening here are the warning signs for my husband um, to be aware of here are you know the points where I think we would need to make somebody aware that you know things aren't going great with me and then take it from there um, mm. so that was all really reassuring and um, yeah things went along well up until up until the labour yeah all right, should we jump into the birth story then? Yeah. Um, when did it start then and when did you know? <laughs> so she was early. She was about a week early, I think. So on, on the Saturday, um, I've got, I've, I was looking at old pictures the other day, actually. So I've got pictures of me at one of Cohen's favourite parks on the Friday with him going in the paddling pool. It was, it was a beautiful weekend. And then the Saturday, day I don't really remember what we did in the day but I remember feeling a bit odd um and then in the early evening I was like oh, okay yeah this is happening now um Cohen had already gone to bed and we had lined up because I, I, we weren't living anywhere near family at the time so I was kind of using my my best friends as support to help with Cohen um so we made them aware that things were happening um and that we might need um, one of them to come over and stay with Cohen if Mark needed to take me to the hospital. Um, we'd warned Cohen as well so he wouldn't be too sort of shell-shocked in the morning if he turned if he came out of bed and found that we weren't there. Um, and um, they just started coming and I'd again I'd prepared to do the gentle birth method so I'd gone through the hypno hypnotherapy um all of the kind of dietary things and the um yoga to make sure that my body was kind of opening up and ready for labor and um yeah so the contractions were coming this time i knew what they were so um it was easier to kind of cope with them my friend arrived and 
um, Mark and I went into the bedroom and with the second baby I remember them saying we'll probably ask you to come in earlier because things can happen much more quickly with your second labour so um, when you're you know when your contractions are however so far apart and lasting for however long then that's when we'll ask you to come in so when we reached that point um, Mark called them and I think it was probably around 11 p.m so we got there around midnight and um, yeah, the contractions were quite strong, but manageable again with the hypnotherapy. Um, and when we got there, I remember I felt very calm. I felt like I was kind of in control of everything that was happening. And um, I remember hearing one of the midwives um, saying to another one, oh, she, she can't be she can't be that far along in labour. She seems far too calm. We <laughs> 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 conversation about it. Um, mm. And uh, when they when they examined me, I think I was four centimetres dilated. So I thought at that point they might send me home, but they didn't. They said, no, you know, stay because things can suddenly happen quick and fast. So um, again, they'd prepared the birthing unit for me. The pool was there ready to go. And um, there were kind of bouncy balls and lots of cushions and things to kind of rest on. Um, and so I just kind of carried on labouring with the contractions coming and going and um, kind of bouncing on the ball to keep the momentum going and listening to my hypnotherapy tapes. Um, and then things started to really slow down, I think because I was getting quite tired. So I decided to have a lie down on the cushions for a bit. And the midwife was brilliant. She kept coming in and she said, I'm going to be as uh, unintrusive as possible. So I will come in and just have a quick monitor of baby and you, make sure you're all right, and then I'll go away again. If you need me, I'm just right outside. Um, so that was fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, Mark was kind of dozing on the bed, <laughs> um, <laughs> not really having anything to do at that point in time. Um, and yeah, when things started to slow down, I, I kind of felt like actually I don't really want that to happen. I know that I'm feeling tired and I needed to lie down, but actually I'd rather that we kind of keep things moving along and kind of get her out sooner rather than later. I didn't really want to end up having like hours and hours of contractions coming and going. So um, I started to walk around the unit and as soon as I did that, I think gravity did its thing and they, they started to speed up again and were becoming stronger um, to the point where I went, Oh, I think I really want to get in the pool now, actually. Although, I sound quite calm saying it here. I'm, I'm sure I didn't sound like that at the time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. pull, pull now, quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I know um, this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they helped me into the pool. And um, I remember the midwife coming in saying, um, saying, oh, okay, yeah, you're doing, yeah, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly something popped and I was like oh, what was that and she said it's okay it was just your water's breaking but you know when mm. you can hear in someone's tone of voice she was like Sasha Sasha there must have been, must have been one of the other midwives Sasha can you come here please Sasha Sasha <laughs> like suddenly like getting a little bit more turf and a little bit more yeah. urgent I was yeah. like oh, okay things are obviously really starting to happen now so um mm -hmm. And again, like I, I didn't understand in the first labour why they told me not to push when I felt the urge. But when I felt the urge to push this time and I told her, she said, yeah, just do what your body's telling you. Just go for it. So I pushed um, and I think the head came out pretty much straight away. I think it was contraction, push, water broke, contraction, push, head came out. 
and then there was a little lull until the next contraction so I actually reached down I was still in the pool and I reached down and I could feel her head there which was just amazing and I felt her head moving like her head was moving from side to side it was just so incredible and just so weird at the same time and then next push and out she came and she just floated up through the water like a little water baby um Mm. and and that was it she was there and it was so amazing and when they lifted her out the water and I held her she didn't make a sound she was clearly awake her eyes were open but she didn't make a sound but the midwife I think because we're so used to hearing babies crying and screaming she was like um I'm just gonna take her I'm gonna snip the cord and I'm gonna take her and just you know rub her down a little bit make sure everything's all right so she took her over and so there were you know just a few tense seconds there of me saying to Mark oh god is everything all right um and he went over to look and the midwife came back over and she said well she's absolutely fine she's obviously just a quiet baby and I was Mm. like amazing like no one ever has that (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, so has she continued being that in her life so far (laughs) uh she she has always been a really happy um like really quite calm and like chatty baby she's never really screamed until probably the last year she's suddenly Mm -hmm. really sort of found her voice and is really quite quite stubborn and shouts and and screams about things that she's not happy about but at that time she was just yeah she was very very quiet you know she'd only ever cry if you know she was hungry and that was it really or if she was really uncomfortable about something but um yeah so the the midwife helped me out the pool and then we just lay down on the on the bed for a while and she was just all snuggled up with me um and we were doing a bit of skin to skin contact sorry someone's just coming in Cohen I'm on a phone call how is it okay can you close the door behind you please Cohen just had to come in and show me one of his favorite cars yeah yeah. this this happens all the time doesn't it (laughs) Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, there she was. So postpartum this time. Um, so this was early hours of Sunday morning. Um, and so they took me over to the the ward. Um, and Mark went home to get some sleep. We'd arranged for my other friend to um, take over in the morning and take Cohen over to her house and to the park and stuff, so that. Um, Mark could go home and have a bit of rest before he came back to pick us up um, and everything was nice and calm I managed to get a few hours sleep um, and she was just very happy and quiet in her little bassinet and we brought her home well first of all Mark came into the hospital with Cohen and he was so excited and it, it was also that thing of he'd been my baby up until then and he still seemed really small to me Mm. until I saw him next to this newborn and suddenly he looked you know like a really big boy and it was Mm -hmm. like wow you know he's he's grown so much and she's so tiny um yeah so we went home and yeah it was much easier second time round. I think a lot of the first time round was not knowing what to expect um not knowing you know how much my life was going to change and it doesn't matter how how much people tell you about that it's going to change until you actually experience it you can't really you know know what it's going to be like I think that was what I found so difficult first time around whereas we already had made those adjustments by the time Esme came along 
we were already a family and our lives were you know remarkably different although you know fantastic still um with having Cohen as part of it um so there weren't really any major adjustments to be made to our lifestyle it was just kind of getting through those early weeks of you know very little sleep and um feeding all the time but I did find things a lot easier second time round with the feeding as well um and she I did make the preventative steps of cutting certain things out of my diet um while I was pregnant and when she came along just to make sure that there weren't going to be there wasn't going to be an issue with the colic again because it can be affected by diet as well um and that seemed to help because she was never really colicky there were sort of small bouts here and there but um there were some techniques that I'd learned with Cohen that I I used with Esme as well which just seemed to make sure that she wasn't really colicky at all um and yeah it was it was a really nice sort of period of time and and actually looking back thinking about the two different births and how I was quite disappointed in how it went with the first one the second one was really healing because it did go the way that I I really wanted both of them to go um Mm. so that was that was really lovely as well yeah and postpartum depression was that that anything you had to deal with the second time around or no I had baby blues um but again I'd I'd got um so the gallery mother program that she does for pregnancy and birth she also does a second so there's the gentle birth method and then there's also the gentle first year book so I got the gentle first year book when um when Cohen was little and there were lots of things in there um that were very sort of homeopathic but that really really helped so things like just um getting Mark to give me a a, like a massage just down my arms and my legs each day just to keep me with with like a rose oil which is quite uplifting as well um so aromatherapy techniques and kind of um, massage techniques and things that just really helped me to keep my mood um at an evil level even level um even though I was really tired um and I had had some um massage therapy um from a professional during pregnancy so she came and did some sessions with me after um uh, postpartum as well um which really helped and um yeah I don't know I don't know whether it was something to do with the fact that it was summertime as well so there was more sunshine it was warmer um but I I just seemed to cope much better second time round um and didn't really suffer with the the postnatal depression as much just kind of baby blues really and a a bit of sort of hormonal stuff going on but nothing too serious yeah of course oh that's great all right is there anything else you'd like to share with us from your from your journey I think um I think you'd asked about resources I, I really would recommend the gentle the gentle birth method um books um I can email you the names of them and the name of the author if you like definitely Um, we'll put them on your show notes page for sure yeah because there's so much in there I would say you can kind of take what you like and leave the rest because there's a lot about the diet in the gentle birth method that I know a lot of people found quite um controversial I I remember reading some articles about it that people were like well why would you deny a, a, a mother to be you know certain foods um and there is there is an element of kind of avoiding 
high fat and high sugar foods to make sure that your labor can be as easy as possible it's kind of a part of preparing your body for it um but there are you know you don't have to do the dietary things but there are other things that you can do to really help like um massage and things to just help you through the the labor through the pregnancy and the labor and postpartum as well so um Mm. yeah but other than that now i think i've told my two stories um and it's been really it's been really nice to tell them actually it's been really nice to sort of speak them out loud again because it you don't really in normal society do you it's not like you go down the pub with your friends and say hey do you want to hear my birth story right <laughs> we hear snippets <laughs> of it right we tell snippets of it here and there but not fully. yeah for sure yeah. Oh, great so thank you so much Lorraine for sharing your stories with us today you're welcome thank you for listening Thanks again, Lorraine, for coming on the pod today and sharing your beautiful birth stories with us. If you guys are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Lorraine and ask her any questions at all, then go ahead and send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot my email there. Um, and you can also head to nine months podcast.com. The number nine is always a number nine, you guys, in these addresses. You can also follow me on Instagram. Nine months podcast is the tag. And you can ask me any questions there or maybe even reach out and and record your own birth story with me. I'm always looking to record lots and lots of stories, guys. Okay, thank you so much for joining today and I'll see you next week.